Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Year in a row that Carl's been here. He came the first year that we were here at Easter time, and it's so exciting. He's a friend of the house, and I want you to stand. And he's been traveling all over the world, and we'll share brief of that. We had a great first service. And it was hard to finish the service and get ready for this one. As some of you arrived and we were still going. But we're going to have a great time now. And let's give a great welcome to Carl Butler as he comes and shares with us. Bless your mind. Go for it. Thank you. Good morning. You're looking amazing. Turn to the person beside you and say, you look fantastic today. You can take your seat. Hey, it's such a joy and it's a real honor for me to be here. 15 years, uh, the honor is mine to be, have been asked to come back 15 years in a row. And uh, I actually, I've had an amazing year since I've been here and uh, been so many places. I've been overseas more than I've been in the country actually and and, uh, a lot of trips to Singapore and and we've done um, a lot of ministry in New Zealand as well over the last year or so. Also, uh, we've done we've done hope and healing festivals in Solomon Islands. We've done hope and healing festivals in in the Philippines. Uh, we've been back to Africa and done two two crusades there. Jamie came uh, on that trip from the church here, and and uh, it's been very exciting. We're about actually to go to um, to Myanmar next month to do three festivals there, three hope and healing festivals, and, and it could be a whole new thing opening up, 69 mil, million people in Myanmar, and uh, it's really opening up to the gospel, so I'm going to be going and doing a lot of crusades, festivals and things there, which is really cool, but I really look forward every year to coming to this church, I really do, I love the fellowship with you, with your leaders, with Ross and Mary and the family, and and uh, and the worship here, you got something so special, and, uh, in the first service, it's particularly, it was good in the second service too, but the first service, I felt something going off inside me. Um, it was like, it, to explain something like like having a, a, a coffee and, a, and a, a hot chocolate and a Coca-Cola and joy, love and peace and adrenaline and all of this going off, electricity, all of that going off inside you all at the same time. That's what it felt like. Uh, it was like go-go juice. I'm sure that's what go-go juice is. But I, you just wanted to, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and it's just awesome, the presence of God like that, eh? Hey, so uh, 2013, when I was in New Zealand, I think I touched on this last time, just, just this little bit. Um, when I was there in New Zealand, 2013, I, uh, I was hearing people talking about visions of fire uh, being lit around the nation. And then the wind of the Holy Spirit coming and blowing on that fire and their revival coming to the land of New Zealand. Now, that got me really excited because like 21 years before that, I wrote that vision down. It was my vision that people are talking about. I never told anybody, but they're talking all about it all over the country now. And uh, so I was excited because, see, when I grew up in New Zealand, I used to light the bonfire. We had a big property and we had, you know, quite maybe a couple of times a year, a whole pile of wood. And I'd go around sticking the wads of paper around there and, and lighting those wads of paper. If the wood was nice and dry... It would catch easily, but if the wood was green or, or a bit wet, it wouldn't catch so well. So I'd have to encourage it with a bit of spirit, some petrol from a baked beans tin, and woof, you know, and uh, up went my shin, my fringe and eyebrows and that little bit of hair there and all that. But um, 
So I had this in my heart. This is how you start revival. You go around starting fires, you know. And, and then just all these doors opened up in New Zealand. 2014 particularly, I was there uh, 16 weeks in New Zealand and nine weeks last year. And so many churches that I went to, unusual things were happening. Like this one church, particularly where it started, uh, just before the service, I'm getting prayed for. Someone's prophesying about fire, and the church fire alarm went off. And uh, we had to go off into the other building until a fire engine came, gave us the all clear to go back in the building and everything like that. And, uh, and I preached on the fire of God, and God just really turned up in an amazing way. And, and that started happening all around the country in different places that I was going to. And then it wasn't just in New Zealand. It started coming into Australia, uh, going to places and, and fire alarms going off while I'm getting introduced, fire alarms going off. And, and uh, just crazy, eh? This one church that I did a church camp for here in Australia recently, I was going to preach on the fire of God on the last night of camp, and, and we're sitting at the dinner table, and the pastor gets a text on his phone, their church fire alarm's just gone off. And, and then I was in Malaysia doing a church camp with a huge church there, and we were in a big, big huge hotel. And I'd arrived there, I'd flown from, from, uh, from the Solomon Islands to PNG to Singapore to Malaysia all in one day. And and the next and I got to my hotel room that night, and on the floor was a piece of paper that said they're going to test the fire alarm in the church, in the um, hotel. And I said, Lord, that was the Tuesday. I said, No, Lord, I'm going to preach on the fire of God on the Thursday. Later that day, we got another letter, and the letter said they've changed it. They're not going to test it on Tuesday. They're going to test it on Thursday. <laughs> so, so I'm just seeing God do amazing things, and it's just really, really exciting. And and uh, I really believe he's going to re- release a bit of that fire here in this place, you know. And, and I got excited because when I was coming up here and driving on Friday night, uh, I just had a lightning show the whole way for four hours from Brisbane to here. And uh, 200,000 plus lightning strikes around Queensland. And, and when I see things like that, it just, the natural gives me signs that supernatural, something's going to happen and, and God's going to just release electricity and fire and and all that, and it's all good. Amen? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7. The Bible says, In speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. You know, this is, uh, some say it's just talking about angels, but the Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 7, it says, What of man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. So we as human beings have been made just a little lower than the angels whom God calls flames of fire. So if he can call them flames of fire, what about us? You know, if we're, if we're full of God, can we also be as flames of fire as we serve him? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, the Bible says, God is a consuming fire. So if you get God inside of you, you are going to get fire inside of you. Amen. And of course, John the Baptist said it when he was speaking of Jesus coming. He says, I baptize you with water. This is in Matthew 3.11. But one is coming after me, Jesus, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And of course, we saw that happen the day of Pentecost. Here they were gathered together in the upper room. We read it in Acts chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. They're there, and suddenly there comes the sound of a violent wind, and then into the room came as it were, tongues of fire. They, they saw literal tongues of fire coming and then boosh, hitting everyone on the head. And then boosh, you know, and everyone's getting, boosh, and boosh, and getting on fire. Wah! And they start speaking in tongues. And, 
I'd love to see Steven Spielberg do that. It's just like, you know, it's just awesome though, eh? And then they all got filled with the Holy Spirit and, and they turned the world upside down. From that 120 people in the upper room, there is now 2.4 billion people on the planet who would call themselves Christians. And not all are perhaps born again, but at least it's impacted their world in some incredible way. And uh, so that's what happened back then. What, what about today? What about today when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and the fire of God comes upon us? We also can turn our world upside down in an amazing way. You know, when you, when you have fire or when you catch fire, when your pants are on fire, has anyone ever had your pants on fire? You know, if your pants are on fire, people are going to know about it. Amen. You're going to be jumping around, squawking and carrying on because your pants are on fire. And if you are filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire, there is evidence. People will know. They will see there is something about you, about the fire that's within you. And so what I want to do today is I want to build a bonfire. I want to light a bonfire. And, uh, and I want you to look into the fire. Who likes looking into a fire? It's great sitting around a fire and just looking and watching the flames and getting mesmerized by it and and all that, but I want you, that's a good sign, that's a good sign, (laughs) heaven's rumbling, (laughs) I I want you to look into the fire today, but as you look into the fire, I want you to also like look into a mirror, And, and as I'm talking about the fire, I want you to look at the aspects of the fire and ask yourself the question, do I have the fire, do I have the Holy Spirit and the fire, because today I believe God wants to pour his fire out upon us amen he wants to fan into flame in fact i look back over my life and it's amazing the history that god takes you through without realizing my ministry is called fan the flame ministries right i was born in a town in new zealand called hawara which means breath of fire and i didn't know that until a few years back you know and my town had major fires through it through its history and and it's just incredible things but um so anyway we're going to build a fire you ready here we go the first thing about fire I want to talk about, and this is probably one of the primary reasons why you would light a fire, and that is for heat, okay, to warm you up. Now, warmth, to me, speaks, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and that speaks about the love of God, the warmth. You know, there's, there's warm, fuzzy people and cold, prickly people. You know, you go to some churches, they're warm, fuzzies, they're the huggy types, and everyone's all nice and lovey and and you go to some churches and everyone's got their noses up in the air and they're all cold prickly and it's awkward and you know what i'm talking about and and see the bible says in the last days that uh, men's love will the love of many will grow cold people will hold a form of godliness but you know they won't be like they 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 they, uh they're unloving and they just love themselves they love their money and and they might be religious but they're just they're just awkward and, and up their noses and all that sort of thing but the bible says in john chapter 13 verse 34 35 by this will all men know that you are my disciples by your love one for another that you love one another that you that you don't mind giving a hug here and there or you know you you you, you open type of people and, and see when i was in new zealand growing up i used to light the fire in the house and uh not as well as outside the house and we had one of those wet back fires. It's like there's a, a little glass door, and, and in the fire it's got this kind of pipe, and it heated up the hot water cylinder and all that. And we used to light it with wood, get it going with wood. But then we would have coals and carbonets. Now, carbonets were like egg-shaped 
manufactured coal things, okay? And we'd get what we call a coal shuttle, and it's like a, it's like a brass bucket, a funny-shaped brass bucket called the coal shuttle. And uh, we'd fill that up with these carbonets. And as we got the fire roaring, then we'd open the fire and we'd just biff in a, a shuttle full of carbonets and then just let it burn along. We could turn it down a little bit after a while. But uh, at the end of the day, we'd always chuck a big bucket, the big car, uh, shuttle of carbonets onto the fire and close the door and then turn down the vent a little and just let it simmer through the night. And the, the fire just burnt all night long, slowly. And you'd come out and, of course, kept the hot water going and, and uh, the house warm. And you'd come out in the morning and look through that glass door and all you would see was like this grey-brown ash, just a flat-looking dull thing. And you'd think it was all over, but you'd take this tool, you open the door, and you scrape around in that ash, and all of the ash would fall down through the grate, and right there on the grate would be all these orange hot coals, just these, these egg-shaped coals just sitting there. And all you needed to do then was take another shuttle full of carbonets, throw it straight in the fire, close the door, open the vent, and woof, and it would just go. And it was going for the day. Isn't that awesome? You know, and see, when you've got a church full of people that are on fire, full of people that are full of the love of God, then God can just take a whole bunch of new Christians or new, or new people, new believers, whatever, throw them into that church and they're going to catch the fire. They're going to catch that love. And it's just awesome. Amen? Hallelujah. Number two, fire refines. Fire refines. I've spent a lot of time in Africa, about three times to South Africa itself. And... Uh, one time when we were there, we visited a place called Gold Reef City. And Gold Reef City is an old abandoned gold mine around which they've built a theme park with roller coasters and all that. And part of the, the whole, whole park is that you go on a tour of the gold mine and, and they have an amphitheater where you actually watch them refining gold. And they have a big furnace there. And, they, and you sit around and they say, we're going to refine this gold. And they take this raw stuff and put it into a mold. And then they whip, whip it into the fire. And it's in there for a certain temperature. And they pull it out. And then they tip out this thing. And they go, now that's 9 carat gold. And they say, now we're going to make 18 carat gold. So they take that same bit, plock it back in the mold, stick it back in the fire, and crank up the temperature. And they did the same thing for 24 carat. It's just... All you do to refine the pro to, to make it more valuable is to heat it up hotter, and it takes out more of the impurities. It's a similar thing with the refining of silver. You just do that. You put it back in the fire, keep burning out the impurities uh, until it's completely purified. And the silversmith was asked the question, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He says, that's easy. It's when I can see my reflection in the top of it. And I thought, how amazing is that picture of God at work in us, Jesus at work in us, refining us by the power of the fire of the Holy Spirit until His image is seen in us. See, it's not about keeping rules and regulations. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's just about cooperating with this work of the Holy Spirit, His fire burning in us, making us more and more like Him. Amen? Number three, fire consumes. In fact, it's got a, a need for fuel. If, if you run out of fuel, the fire will go out. And so you've always got to be adding fuel to the fire. And I've noticed that a raging fire or a, a, a ferocious fire will consume things that, are, that an ordinary fire won't consume. 
you know, some things that a fire can burn close to something and it, and it just won't even affect it. But if that's intensely hot, it, it'll just start burning up everything and everything. Before you know, like you've got a perhaps a warehouse or something, a big building that catches fire. And then soon the fire's burning so hot that steel starts melting and, and you know, everything's getting consumed. And this is how it is. When you're full of the Holy Ghost and you've got fire, you, you've got this, this appetite. It's like you just want to consume, you know, a Sunday morning sermon is just not enough for you. You want a Sunday night sermon as well, and you want to come Wednesday night and get some more of the Word. And, and, and then, you know, you want to listen to podcasts, and, you, and you're reading the Bible every day, and you just, you just can't get enough. You're reading books. You just keep on feeding that fire that's within you. I used to have this prayer meeting at my house. I started it on a, on a New Year's Eve. In fact, it was, it was only just me and a few mates. I said, come over and let's pray in the New Year. And a whole bunch of people I didn't know from a bar of soap turned up to my house. And uh, they just wanted to pray. I thought, well, okay, just, just do it. So we had, the, we had this phenomenal prayer meeting. Went till about 5 o'clock in the morning. We were praying and prophesying over each other and all that. And it spawned a spontaneous prayer meeting every Friday night in my house for the next six months. And these people kept coming over to my house. And they just kept coming and praying. And I thought, well, it's all right. And, uh, but they, every time they turned up, They'd turn up with a, with a few books and some CDs and tapes and all that. And, and they were like, hey, have you got those for me? And here's these for you. And they were just swapping around. All this, they just couldn't get enough. They raided my library, took half my books, and they're gone. I've never seen them since, but praise God, it's good. And that's what it's like, you know, when you got the fire, hey, you just want more. Have you got that fire? Have you got that burning inside of you? Number four. You know, fire can be said to be raging sometimes. When it's raging, it's like it's out of control. It, it's hard to predict. It's, it's almost impossible to put it out. And uh, we could say it's, it's like a zealous fire. Um, in fact, Jesus went a bit like this one time when he was with the disciples and they were in the temple. And remember that time? And uh, he kind of comes, he gets a bit of a surprise when he comes in and sees them selling this and that and doing this and that, which they shouldn't have been doing. And, and Jesus gets mad, eh? And, and he gets us some rope and he makes a whip out of this rope and he starts whipping people out of the temple and tipping over their tables and he's shouting, oh, get out of here, you mongrels. I mean, probably didn't say mongrels, but you know, it's like, this is a house of prayer. You made it a den of thieves. You know, he's getting, and the disciples are like, this ain't gentle Jesus, meek and mild. You know? <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. It's kind of, until they remembered what the scripture said. And the scripture says in John chapter 2, verse 17, zeal for your house will consume me. And when you've got the Holy Spirit and fire, you will have a zeal for the house of God. You, you, you're not just be there. You're not just at every meeting. I mean, you're right behind it. You're for it. You know, you're behind the vision. You're investing into it. You're speaking well over it. You're, you're praying, praying for leadership. You're just, you're just heart is there. You're right into the house of God. That's how it is when you have that fire inside of you. Amen. In Romans chapter 12, verse 11, the Bible says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Amen. Number five, they say where there's smoke there's fire. Where the smoke, there's fire. I remember having an invitation to preach in a particular church, and when I put the phone down on the seat of my car after speaking to that pastor, I felt God just say, the fire is going to fall in that meeting. I was like, oh, that sounds exciting. And I got there, I preached away, and the pastor 
as I was ministering on the altar, had gone out of the back of the auditorium to his office. And then he came back and he said to me later, when he came back into the auditorium, the whole front of the building, the whole stage area, the altar area was full of smoke. Now, we didn't have a smoke machine or anything, and and I never saw that, but he just saw something in the spirit realm, like the smoke in the altar uh, just burning away there, which I thought was pretty exciting. But Revelation chapter 8, verse 4, the Bible says, the smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of the saints, went up before the Lord. You might have seen, if you've been to a third world country, to a country that worships idols, or you might have seen it on TV or whatever, some of these people worshiping the idols with incense. And they're putting the incense in front of these idols, sometimes big wads of it and big things. And, uh, but it, the smoke kind of goes up. They didn't invent that. It, it comes from the Word of God, this, this whole concept of, of of smoke being or incense being symbolic of prayer actually comes from the from the tabernacle and from the temple right there you had this very last item of furniture that was before the veil on the other side of the veil was the was the um the ark of the covenant on top of that was the mercy seat and that was where the presence of god rested and and back here on this side of the veil was the altar of incense and it was the priest's job every morning and night to ensure that that incense was burning away, going up before the Lord as a sweet-smelling savor, symbolic of their commitment and their prayers of the people toward the Lord. And in Psalm chapter 141, verse 2, David said, May my prayers be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like that evening sacrifice. See, when something's on fire, smoke just naturally and normally billows forth from that thing that's on fire. And if you are on fire and you have the fire of God inside of you, then you are going to have praise and prayer billowing forth out of your heart naturally and spontaneously. It's not something you've got to conjure up. You won't be sitting there during the worship service just feeling all blobbed out and, you know, not wanting to get into it and... You know, some people, you've got to sing five fast songs and five slow songs before you can actually get them to close one eye and lift one hand, you know. But other people, you, you're tuning your guitar up before the service, and they're like, wow, yes, I just lost. And you're going, wee, 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 wee. This is, that was enough to set them off. It's just some people are like that. They're spontaneous. It's, it's easy. And prayer meetings, you know, some people just standing in a prayer meeting, amen. And then they go, it's a, that's an amen, this you know what I mean. Some people don't come to prayer meetings. But if you've got this, this, this thing inside of you, you just want to pray. You want to get to those prayer meetings. You want to pray at those prayer meetings. And, and uh, you know, sometimes they have to tell you to be quiet. But it's good. It's better than not. You know what I mean? But this, this, this will just be coming out of you. You can't hold it back. Amen. Number five. Number six. Or whatever it is. Number six. This little fire that I had in our house when I was a kid, it had a glass door. And I always used to keep that glass door nice and clean because I like to look through the glass at the fire and watch the fire burn. And one thing I particularly like to do as I got the fire going on occasion was I'd put a flat piece of wood in there, just like a piece of a plank that I'd chopped off and put it into the fire. And then I would take plastic cowboys and Indians that I got out of the cornflakes and the rice bubbles and I'd make a little arrangement of them on that plank and then I'd close the door and I'd just sit and watch through the door and watch them slowly start to melt and there'd be, I can remember this guy, he was a he was a bank robber cowboy and he had this gun like this and had a big long barrel on it and he had a, 
a bank robber's bag in this hand, you know, and he'd stand there. The first thing that happened was the end of the gun just drooped like that, and then his arm would start coming down, and then this one, under the weight of the bag, would come down, and then his knee would start to fold, and he'd sort of buckle like this, and soon he was in a pile on the ground, and and just like all the other things, they ended up in a pile, and then they started turning into blobs. And, and uh, actually, when I look back, I really regret this because apparently those are collector's items worth a lot of money now. I burned up probably thousands of dollars worth of plastic spacemen and all that. And, but um, after they turned into little blobs, they start bubbling and hissing and sparking, and then poof, these flames would come off. Then the flames would be like, blue and purple and all these amazing colors, not just the sort of oranges and then yellows that were in the fire, but just incredible colors came up. How many people love it when you're looking in a fire and you see some beautiful colors coming out? It's mesmerizing, isn't it? And, and what this is, it's like the flames manifest in so many different ways. And this speaks to me of, of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are all, all varied and have different purposes and everything. But when we're on fire, it, it, they will manifest in our life in different ways at different times. There will be, the, of course, the word of the, the, the um, speaking in tongues, which is the first manifestation of the Holy Spirit that people receive when they're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Happen on the day of Pentecost, they start speaking in tongues. An incredible gift that God's given us. And so many Christians underestimate and underutilize the gift of speaking in tongues. If you, you, if you understand the power that is in this gift... You would be doing it every single day as much as you can, like I do. I pray in tongues all the time, driving my car, walking my dog. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost because it is so powerful. It's incredible. Sometimes you're praying in heavenly languages. Sometimes you're praying in earthly languages you've never learned. But you don't understand, and God's able to pray through you and intercede through you and pray prayers that are perfect prayers. And it's amazing what is accomplished as you pray in the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, I'm sometimes driving my car in Africa, and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And one of the Africans will say to me, he say, do you know what you just said? I say, did I just say something? And, and they tell me what I just said in their language. That's exciting, eh, when you hear something like that. And uh, But my favorite one is this. I've got a saying, if I want to go and have a time of praying in tongues. You ever get that? You, you just, oh, I've got to go and pray in the Spirit, you know? And that's why I call that, I've got to go have a shukawaka. You know, some people say I'm going to have a shandabundi or something like that. But for me, it's a, it's a shukawaka. I've got to go have a shukawaka. And uh, so I was in Africa and I mentioned this to one of the Africans. I, I just want to have a shukawaka. And, and they said, shukawaka, do you know what shukawaka means? I'm like, does shukawaka mean something? And they said, yeah, shukawaka means fire come down and spread out. I thought, ah, oh, yes. I thought, thank you, Jesus. How many people like a bit of a shukawaka, hey? It's good stuff, hey? And so, but, you know, speaking in tongues, it talks about edifying ourselves, building ourselves up in our faith. You need never walk around in depression as a Christian. You have a shukawaka. It doesn't take long. You're just charged up. You're popping. You're ready to go. And, and I find it just stirs up all the other gifts of the Spirit, you know, words of knowledge and prophecy and, and, and healing and faith and all that. As you pray in the Holy Ghost more, then you just find that you're charged with all of this stuff. And it just comes out of you. It manifests through your life on the right moments, you know, when people need it and all that sort of stuff. And, and so uh, whew, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost yet, today's your day. Because I'm filled to overflowing. I can't wait to get my hands on you. And uh, God wants to fill you. And God wants to release in you the gifts of the Spirit. 
He wants you speaking in tongues and He wants you prophesying and words of knowledge and praying for the sick. And if that's not happening, you need the fire. Amen. And we're going to pray for you for that today. Hallelujah. Final point, number seven, and probably one of the other key reasons why we would light a fire, and that is for light. For light, you know, you see that in the movies, those people going around carrying those torches you know they're like a stick with a flame on the top of it and, and it's kind of a bit like that uh, if you are on fire for God if you've got the Holy Spirit and the fire of God in you then you will become a blazing flare for God you will be a witness for Jesus you won't struggle to share your faith you won't be able to stop it if you want if you're sitting there thinking oh don't go there uh, don't talk about that sharing your faith stuff it's because you haven't got the fire of God because when you've got the fire of God, you're getting excited right now. It's like, oh, yeah, witnessing. Oh, yeah, come on, yeah. That's what it's like, you see. Jeremiah chapter uh, 20, verse 9, Jeremiah said, But if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, like a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. You can see the guy, he's almost blowing up, eh? It's like, ah, I've got to talk about Jesus. Don't tell me not to talk about Jesus. I can't stand this any longer. Jeremiah 23, 29, he says, it says there, God says, is not my word like a fire? And so, see, if you've got the fire, you want to consume more of the word. And so you put more fire into your fire. And what happens? The fire just burns with increasing intensity. And you won't be bashful about witnessing. You won't. You will feel like if you don't, you're going to explode. That's it. I remember when I came back from Pensacola, Florida, back in 1997. This is the, the revival that took place there. God moved in that place. Five million people visited that church over five years. And it impacted the nations of the world. And uh, I caught something when I went there. And when I came back to my church... I was sitting on a Sunday morning in my church. There was a guest preacher. I'd come back on the Thursday, I think it was. There was a guest preacher up there preaching. And uh, he was probably pretty good, except I was full of fire. I sat there. I could feel fire going up and around me and up and down my arms and legs. And really, it felt like there was just fire flowing through my veins. And that guy up there, as funny as he was trying to be or whatever, it felt like a wet blanket on me. I, I Seriously, it was something inside me just wanted to say, get him off. Uh, I, <laughs> it's like, what is this? You know, it reminded me of the Azusa Street Revival back in the early 1900s where the Holy Spirit broke loose, right? There was an outpouring of the Spirit which has impacted the nations of the world. The beginning of modern-day Pentecostalism in the Azusa Street Revival. And because it was the big revival happening in town, all of the big shot preachers from the churches around that were notable, you know, the big churches, the big names, they would come to the revival to preach. And they'd get up and they'd be doing their great oratory and all that. And you'd have the little old ladies in the church who did not have to impress anybody, who didn't care what anyone thought, what they say. They could speak the truth. So what did they say? Get him off! He hasn't got the fire. <laughs> Humiliating these great men of God because they didn't have the fire. And that's what I felt like. Seriously, I had to bite my lip that day sitting in the church. But... <laughs> You know, this Azusa Street Revival, when that broke loose, they literally had the fire brigade 
bust through the doors of the church on a few occasions with their hoses and their axes looking for the fire in the building because from the outside they could literally see an orange glow over the roof and it looked like the building was on fire. Isn't that awesome? I think that's so exciting, eh? Just attracting people to the church because of the fire that's going on there. You know, the reality is people will do all sorts of things to try and attract people to churches these days. And, uh, you know, I love contemporary church. Don't get me wrong with that. But some people try all the gimmicks and all the things just to, to make church palatable to people so that they'll come or attractive to people so they'll come. But there's nothing like the fire of God burning in the hearts of the people of God. And, and that church on fire, people come to that, you know. There was a church in a community that uh, you know, wasn't growing that well. And there was a woman in the church who had an unsaved husband. And they'd been praying for this husband's salvation. The day came when that church building caught on fire. And uh, the whole community came together and they made a human chain from the church to the nearby creek. And they were passing buckets of water up to the church and the buckets back to fill them up. And, and it just happened that that woman's husband turned up to help put out the fire. He was standing in the line right next to the pastor. And the pastor said to him, jokingly, Oh, I've never seen you at church before. The, part, the man said, well, that's because the church has never been on fire before. <laughs> it's been said, get on fire and the world will come and watch you burn. And it's a reality. You get on fire. Moses, he saw a burning bush and it got his attention. And when the bush got his attention, it was a miraculous sign. And then God spoke to him through the bush. And it's the same thing. People will be drawn by the miraculous. They'll be drawn by the fire of God. And then God will speak through you and minister through you and touch lives through you in an incredible way. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there's one thing that used to amaze me when I was at school. I was quite fascinated with it. It was a thing called spontaneous combustion. You ever heard of that? When somebody just for no apparent reason just goes and uh, just is incinerated at an extremely hot temperature and all they find is a shoe and a belt buckle or something. That's all that's left. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome to see that happen? And you're talking to somebody and right in front of you, they just go and it's like flap. But it'd be horrible to see that in real life. But, but imagine in the spirit. I think that'd be awesome. You're talking to somebody and suddenly the fire of God just hits them and they're just set ablaze for God. And that's what, I, that's what I love to see. Amen. And I believe God wants to do it in this place today. And my question to you, are you dry wood? You might say, well, I think so. Well, good. We're going to build a bonfire in a moment and you can come out and catch some more of this fire. If you think, oh, I'm not quite sure. I'm not that really hungry. Well, that's all right. You can come out. We'll throw a bit of petrol, a bit of, bit of the Holy Ghost on you and uh, you can catch that fire as well. And that'd be really awesome. And so we're going to do that in just a moment. But I'd like us to stand to our feet right now if we can. Because before we do that, I just, I just want to put this before you. It's quite serious. You know, Jesus made a very serious comment in in Revelation chapter 3, verse 15. He said this, I would that you would be hot. This is what I'll be talking about today. He said, I would that you'd be like this. You'd have this fire burning in you or be cold. In other words, don't even think about, you know, you know you're not a Christian and you're not coming to church and you don't want to have anything to do with it. That's cold. But if you're lukewarm, in other words, if you come to church, you call yourself a Christian, but you're not hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Whoa, that's heavy duty right there, isn't it? 
I mean, I don't want to be God's spew. I don't know about you. But I, the way that I see it, it's kind of like we've got an option. It's like get on fire for God now and burn for Jesus now or burn without him later because that's the other alternative. If you're spewed out of the mouth of God, if you're rejected by God, you'll spend eternity burning in hell's flames. See, the Bible tells us how sin separates us from God and the wages of sin is death. And that is talking about, Jesus spoke about hell, uh, many scriptures, I've forgotten the actual numbers. And, and so many times he spoke about the fires of hell. It's a very, very reality. It's a place nobody wants to go. You can't joke around and muck around with Christianity or with your, with your life really at all. Because there's two places you're going to spend eternity. One's in the presence of God and one's burning without Him. I'd rather burn for Him right now. And, and, and it doesn't mean you're being crazy. It just means you're full of life. And it means your, your life's got all that purpose. And it's just exciting, isn't it, to be on fire for God. But maybe today you've come to this place, you have not yet connected with God. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. God didn't send Jesus to condemn us but that we might have life. When we respond to the fact that Jesus Christ took your sins upon the cross and died in your place so that you don't have to die, it's just an exciting, awesome thing. We come to Him, we give Him our sin, He gives us His righteousness. What a, a wonderful exchange that takes place. And perhaps in this place today, you've not taken that step and you'd like to say, wow, I, I want to just receive Jesus. I know I need to get right with God. Uh, I don't want to spend eternity separated from God. I want to spend eternity with God. And, and so I want to embrace Jesus today as my Lord and as my Savior. And if, you'd like, if we could all just close our eyes, everyone in this room right now, I want to give you an opportunity. And that's an opportunity to respond to God's great love for you, His amazing grace, and say, yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior today. If that's you, while every eye is closed, while every head's bowed, you want to say yes to Jesus, do something for me quickly, please. Just wave your hand. Hold your hand up wherever you are in this room. We had a number of people in the last service raise their hand and say, yep, today I will receive Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. I see a couple of hands over this side. That's wonderful. Three hands over here. That's fantastic. Anyone else you want to lift your hand up and say, please pray for me today. I'd like to receive Jesus. I want to get right with God today. You know, it's amazing. You're not joining a church and you're not coming under a whole bunch of rules and regulations. You know, God comes into our life to help us to get right. You know, we can't get ourselves right for God. He helps us get right just by saying, here I am. I give you my life. Come and live in me. And, and He does that. He does the work. And it's amazing, you know. Maybe for you, you just, you need to get right with God. You might have been, you might be in church. You might come to church every Sunday. But coming to church every Sunday does not make you right with God. You know, when we were over in Africa, we, I, I took Jamie from this church to Africa with me. When we got there, my PA system had been stored in a shipping container. But the key to the shipping container had been passed to the wrong people, basically, who were not responsible. And they'd allowed other people to store things in the container, including uh, pig food. And then every day, these people got into the container and started taking the pig food and feeding the pigs and helping themselves to my PA system stuff as well. But at the same time, of the speakers that I had there, big speaker boxes, rats came into the container and went into four of the speaker boxes and made nests, stinky rat nests in my speaker boxes. Now, I could have gone and plugged wire into those rats because they were in the speaker box 
but they're not going to perform like a speaker because they're not a speaker. They're a rat. Even though they spent their whole life, maybe got born and grew up in a speaker box, they're still not a speaker. You could be born in a church. You can grow up in a church and not be a Christian. You could be a rat. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But <laughs> no, serious. But becoming a Christian is receiving Jesus. It's getting your, your life lined up with God, connected with God. And maybe, you know, you might have come to church. You might have once given your life to Him and you've drifted away. You've got all this junk in your life and you know you need to sort it out. You need to get right with God. Get hot. So like, I want to get that connection with God. Get on fire for God again. And uh, I don't want to be burning without Him later. So let's close your eyes just one more time. If that's you today, you're saying, you're talking to me. I need to get right with God today. Lift your hand up wherever you are. Give us a quick wave. Who else is there? I see you over there. See, yep, four hands there. Anyone else up the back? Over here. Yep, another hand there. It's all this side. What about over this side? Is there anyone else? You maybe uh, might have your heart pounding away in your chest right now. That's quite often an indication that the Lord is just pounding on your heart. He's saying, hey, I want you to get right with me today. Is there anyone else? Quick wave, because we're going to lead you in a prayer. F- final thing I'll say is this. Maybe for you today, you're just not sure. You're not sure if you're saved. You think you're saved. You'd like to know you're saved, but you're not absolutely certain. And you'd like to have that assurance of your salvation. If that's you today... I'd also like to include you in this prayer. So if you'd like the assurance of your salvation, while every eye is closed, while every head's bowed, give me a quick wave with your hand. Let me see your hand. You're saying, I want that assurance. I see you guys. Yeah, okay. Over there as well. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to lead you in a prayer right now. And uh, let's all pray this prayer together. We're going to encourage and support those that have raised their hands. And uh, also, it's a good prayer to know. So, um, So let's pray it together. In a loud voice. Father God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you have a good plan for my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross and to pay the penalty for my sin. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. And I turn away from it today and I give you my life. Come and live in me. Help me to live for you. Thank you for cleansing me and giving me a brand new start. I love you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what we're going to do in just a moment, we're going to open this area down the front and we're going to give you opportunity to just get in the fire. Amen. Now that could manifest in your life in a lot of different ways today. Some of the things that we've touched on here, we've spoken about impurities being burned up. We've spoken about the need for fuel. Maybe you're feeling like, man, I've been struggling with the Word. I haven't been really hungry for God. Maybe you struggle with prayer. You struggle with praise. Those sorts of things, the gifts of the Spirit aren't manifesting in your life. You've lost your zeal for the house of God. Maybe you struggle sharing your faith. All these things, you just come and jump in the fire. We'll lay hands on you. We'll pray for you. And God will stir that all up afresh. Maybe you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We'll pray for that also. God wants to fill people. Fill people in the last service. It's going to be awesome. Before we do that, I'm just going to pass it back to Pastor Ross. He just wants to take the mic. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.